0: Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounce. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Christianers. Oh, what's up? And we also have Dalton Bishop.
1: Hey, Spence. Hey, guys. What's going on?
0: Oh, we're having... A, it's a great episode. We have a lot on tap today. We're going to um, throw a little curveball to start the show. And, you know, if you're a regular listener, you know we usually lead the show with our... Uh, you know, breaking news portions, other stuff, and then we do the games at the end. But because you know, conference championships were this past weekend, and we have a week between that and the Super Bowl, we're gonna just talk conference championship to start the show. Yeah, we'll take a brief ad break. Come back. We got a lot on tap. We will not be previewing the matchup and our prediction for the Super Bowl. That will be on next week's episode. Just want to get that out out in front. Um, if you were wondering where that where. That will be now. Next week, we will give our Super Bowl '56 predictions, so you won't want to miss that. But anyway, in order to get to Super Bowl, you play the conference championship game. So we'll lead off: Bengals, Chiefs. That was a instant classic to say the least. I mean, we've had some great games over the past two weeks. That's um, we can't lie. There, we've had some fantastic football. Um, you know, we were all together because it was our boy Dalton's birthday. Um, so we went out to get some food, watch the first half of Bengals Chiefs. First half, not much to um, wasn't very exciting until about the very end when it's 21 3 Chiefs. Cincinnati scores, makes it 21 10. And you think, okay, Kansas City, worst case scenario, they're getting a field goal out of this drive here. Um, they drive down and they're at the they're in within the five. And Mahomes decides, hey, let's go for it. Um, They throw a uh, bubble route, which is such a bad play call, at least in the video games. Maybe in real life it is, too. I'm not a big fan of that play. That's just me personally. Um, Tyreek Hill gets stopped short. You can see Mahomes is calling for a timeout. Two things wrong there. They're out of timeouts, and the clock hits zero. So that appears is just bad management Um, Mahomes. I don't know if Mahomes said, hey, let's go for it here. I can get it. You maybe thought they had the timeout in the back pocket and they didn't. Um, Either way, that we, I think that's a turning point of the game because there's only 11 points. Sure, you see what the ball started in the second half and you thought, hell, they're probably going to go down and score again. They didn't. McPherson gets a field goal late in the third quarter, cuts it 21 13. And then, um, was Mahomes doing an interception? And the Bengals are going down the field. They tied up with a touchdown, two point conversion right before. The um third quarter in. So you go into the fourth quarter tied at twenty-one. Real quick, I forgot to mention CJ Uzama got injured early in the first quarter and missed the rest of the game. That they made all of this without CJ on the field, which I think is it's testament to, you know, the no quit from Cincinnati, Joe Burrow and company. Um fourth quarter, not super eventful. You have obviously you have McPherson's kicking the field goal with six minutes to go. Cincinnati has the lead, and then Kansas City's driving down the field. And it's they get first and goal within the side of the 10, obviously. And we're texting back and forth. And my thought is, if it's fourth down, barring something unforeseen here, they're definitely, it appears, going to go for it here Um and go for the win. There's also talks from, like, Tony Romo and the broadcast crew. Should you let them score here? You can debate that. It ultimately worked out. Because Sam Hubbard gets a crucial sack late uh, actually knocks the ball loose. And Joe Tooney, the uh, left guard, ends up recovering the fumble to keep possession. Exactly that could the, end of the game right there. Sam Hubbard, you know, strip sack of Mahomes and, you know, reco- fumble recovery by Cincinnati. And that sends him to the conference championship game. They're out of, like, a reasonable touchdown range there. So, of course, you send Bucker out. Bucker kicks the field goal to force overtime. And of course, we all, somewhat jokingly, somewhat seriously, when Kansas City won the toss, we said that's ball game because Mahomes just like last week with we against Buffalo, you just thought he ever won the coin toss was going to win. Um, then you had Mahomes' first play wasn't um, it was incomplete. Second play, nearly intercepted by Eli Apple. Unfortunately, it was just between his hands. So you thought, okay, this is life here. It's third down. You thought he deep ball to Tyreek Hill, uh, instead, it's knocked away by Jesse Bates, intercepted by Von Bell, and, you know, Since Cincinnati takes over, and all they do is a field goal. You could just feel it right there that Joe Burrow was not going to let this team down. Um, you know, they do some safe plays, some runs, some short passes. They get in the field goal range, and you just know, if you watched last week's game, McPherson from 52 yards out was like, I guess we're going the AFC Championship game. This one was 31 yards. And you knew that he was probably thinking, we're going to the Super Bowl. There's no way I'm going to mess this up for the city of Cincinnati and the Bengals. And I'll just say, I was stunned by the outcome. Like, normally I'm not. I say, hey, it's football. Anything can happen. And I did think since I had a chance. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought, you know, Kansas City, been there before, bigger stage. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, second-year quarterbacks, there's something re- really weird about there. It's a the sophomore slump. There's some suck in your quarterbacks that just go to the Super Bowl and win it. And burrow has got a chance to do that. And, like I said, we'll talk more about that game next week. But just Joe Burrow today, and I was wrong last week on the pod. I said I thought, you know, Cincinnati's old line's terrible. I think that the defense of Kansas City is going to get at least three sacks on there. Burrow's only sacked one time. Um, Kansas City's defense, like we all knew, they didn't play horribly comparatively, but they're not – they were clearly a weakness. Um, That's something Kansas City can focus on the offseason. And Cincinnati with one of the worst O lines in the NFL um, didn't really matter because, you know, Mixon, 21 carries, 88 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase, 6 for 54. He wasn't that effective in the first half. Second half, he came alive. Uh, T. Higgins, I know Christian's a big fan of T. Higgins. He had a huge day. Um, it's a great win for Cincinnati. We haven't seen this in our lifetime. They didn't want a playoff game in our lifetime. And now they've won three straight and they're going to the Super Bowl. So, credit to Cincinnati. Let's go, Dalton. Next, your um, thoughts during the second half. Your takeaways from that Bengals Chiefs game.
1: Um, I thought I thought that Mahomes was trying to do too much at certain points. Um, When it seems like, especially towards the end of the game, when they got down to the red area, they just they instead of trying to run the ball like they had success doing, uh, they would just pass. Instead, um, the Cincinnati Bengals would rush three and drop eight. Uh, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't really understand what their what their reasoning was behind that. Um, like, why, why do the Chiefs want to get cute instead of running the ball? And you all you all saw that, uh, like Patrick Mahomes would run around and try to make something happen instead of standing in there when there's, you know, and looking for the right guy that's open. And maybe he saw something that I didn't, but I just thought that he was trying to be extra. And that's what really pissed me off. Because I was like, you guys have a chance here to pull this thing out at home, and yet... And yet, you are letting a team who rightfully has, you know, they have, you they have like every reason in the world to be there. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but you're at home, and you blew a 21 to three lead. If I'm not yep. mistaken,
0: yep. 18 points large, ties the largest in conference championship history.
1: 21 to three. And all you have to show for it in the second half was getting cute and a loss. Uh, I thought that game, I thought the play that you were talking about, Spence, to Tyreek Hill to end the first half was awful. God awful. My sister could have called a better play than that. Uh, Why not take the points? Just take the points. You'll go up 24 to 3 going into halftime. And if I'm not mistaken, they got the ball back to start the second they half. They did. They didn't do
0: anything. They had nothing to show for it. Nothing. nothing
1: to show for it. You could have put this puppy away by the by the middle of the third quarter. And instead, you do a dumb play called it in the first half. or fir- Yeah, first half. And then you let Cincinnati back into the ball game. And usually what happens with underdogs is that if you let them stick around for a little while... Eventually they're gonna come back. That's just the nature of the sport. I was pissed. Not not, not, not I'm not gonna lie here. Like I was bad. <laughs> um I was happy for Cincinnati, but I was mad that the Chiefs, you know, for all for all the hype surrounding their offense specifically. I knew we knew we knew their defense was bad. But for all the hype surrounding the offense, their second half was abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Tale of two halves, to be honest with you.
0: All right. Christian, your takeaways from the AFC Championship game this year?
2: I mean, uh, I I will say and be the first one to congratulate Cincinnati for winning the AFC. Um I remember in the preseason, not a single one of us thought that they would be a in the in the playoffs. We didn't think they'd be in the playoffs, uh, especially not me.
0: If I, I'm being honest, I'd probably, I probably next year might have to do this: pick one, like give our entire breakdown for each division, because I probably picked them to finish last in, the, in their division. If I'm being honest with myself,
2: yeah, I, I believe I did too, and I said at best they will be third in front of Pittsburgh, just because Pittsburgh's offensive line and Big Ben deteriorating, I don't think their offense would have a pop. But I did think Cincinnati was going to have a good future with Jamar Chase, with Joe Burrow. I just questioned defensive line signings. Obviously, Trey Hendrickson has just blown the roof off the place, and he's one of the best pass rushers right now in the NFL. When he was signed in the beginning of the year, I'm like, Okay, he's good, but how good is he going to be? He was a rotation guy in New Orleans, and he was good, but, like, he's the guy now. How's that going to fit out? And, obviously, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, or Joe Burr, as a lot of people are just (laughs) calling him. Um, This is, like, this is probably the favorite NFL player uh, of a lot of fans. Everybody wants to be like Joe. He is just this cool, chill dude. Um, I mean, ever since he's been, you know, stuck in his you know, house alone and trapped in New York, he's been an absolute beast. If you get uh, the comparison, you know, he and uh, uh, McCullen look very similar. Um, but no, Cincinnati absolutely deserves this win. And about Kansas City, uh, all three of us can agree, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of screenplays. I get that. It throws people for a loop, and it can confuse the defense sometimes, and it's kind of a trick play-ish. But you do want a bubble screen with with two dudes coming at Eli Apple. Made finally actually did something, uh, made a tackle before going into the half. Um, and then Kansas City, they owned the first half. I think we can all say that they owned Cincinnati in the first half. They decided we're going to be the flashy Chiefs like we were a couple of years ago and make some amazing plays and do Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it's going to be amazing instead of playing football. What did, why did Kansas City struggle in the beginning of the year and the middle of the year? Because they tried to be too good instead of just being good. They had to be the flashy, they had to make the explosive play, the no-look pass, the one-hand catch. I mean, they just had to do all the moves and fancies, and they were 1.3 and 4 dead last in their division, which they somehow won, but Denver, Las Vegas, and uh, L.A. Chargers were over them, you know, lead-wise. And we're all kind of like, Kansas City is just kind of a bum kind of team. Defense isn't strong. They've had no pass rush. They they picked up Melvin Ingram, thank goodness, because he was the only one to actually sack Joe Burrow. Uh, and also credit uh, Joe Burrow with, you know, moving around the pocket and even going for some long runs uh, when the pockets did collapse because, I mean, Chris Jones was in his face a lot and could have sacked him and actually moved away uh, towards the end of the game. I remember one in the fourth quarter. But Cincinnati O-line did good enough. You know, obviously T. Higgins and Jamar Chase did their job. Um, and, I mean, Jamar Chase, he didn't put up the stylish kind of numbers that we're used to seeing from him, you know. He's, he wasn't the, you know, top, top guy for Cincinnati. You know, he had six catches, 54 yards. He wasn't really a primarily guy. T. Higgins – was the guy, and he's usually their number two. Um, but I will say, you know, Cincinnati, they play very well. And, you know, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Zach Taylor, uh, they have had a tremendous year. Um, obviously, we'll talk about, you know, my prediction, but, I mean, at this point, Cincinnati fans, you win. is it, one of the greatest years of all time because it's seriously from last in the AFC North to first. Like, the absolute first. You know, in three years you have the number one, number five, and possibly uh, the number 32 overall pick, and it's just your pick. You didn't trade any of that. Um, so, congratulations Cincinnati. Kansas City, man, I mean, Patrick, you like you gotta ban your brother and your wife. Like, when everybody, and not everybody hates Patrick Mahomes. Everybody hates his family. Jackson, ever since the Sean Taylor... Just – I don't even know what to call it. Whatever Jackson Mahomes did on the memorial service – not memorial, but, like, the celebration service of Sean Taylor, standing on his number and just dancing on it, I'm sorry. Lost all my respect for that human being.
0: I've lost all respect for Mahomes' wife. and That's because I'm a Patriots fan. We
2: played in the conference talking a few years ago. I've hated the family for a while. Exactly. And it's just, (laughs) like – and my thing is, like, they have to realize, like – if you're like, if you're the bigger than your, you know, brother slash husband, like I'm sorry, you need to shut up. Like they, like the only reason you're famous because the last name of one of the greatest quarterback <laughs> talents you have ever seen in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people want to talk about Joe Burrow being better than Mahomes. Like, come no, the breaks. <laughs> it, it's not like it's not it's comparable, but like. I think everybody in their mom would pick Patrick Mahomes just because he's a gunslinger. Joe Burrow is tremendous, and he's a superstar. And, you know, a lot of teams would absolutely take him up. But if you got Mahomes over Burrow, I mean, I just got to go. I got to go Mahomes right now. But um, congratulations, Cincinnati. Kansas City, man, I mean, they got to work on defense. They got to find some pass rushers in this class. They got to look for some secondary. Their offense, it's good. I mean, you don't need to get another receiver. You don't need to get a running back. You don't need to get fresh new uh, offensive line and weapons. You need to focus on defense because it's one of the worst offensive lines. And I, I I critique offensive lines very heavy. I love the offensive line. Like I I really know my O lines. Cincinnati had one of the worst <laughs> offensive lines this entire league. Not saying in the conference championship, not saying in the playoffs. The entire league it's really daggum bad. And yet you only had one sack on them. Like, come the heck on. Like their pass rush was like twenty-seventh or twenty-eighth. Like it's just not good. That's what it gotta look in Kansas City. But Cincinnati going to LA against the you know, against the Rams, we'll talk about them. It's gonna be a great Super Bowl and for Cincinnati fans should feel amazing where they're at right now. <laughs>
0: All right, as Chris just said, the uh, the big ones of helmet winner of the NFC tile game. Uh we'll throw it to Dalton here. Favorite team of the week. Dalton, how'd your favorite team do this past weekend? On your mm. birthday to say the least.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well how about it, baby? How about it? Ah, when your best was required. You put it out there, man. <laughs> Woo. Feels good. Not gonna lie, this one feels kind of sweet. Um sending back, sending the 49ers back where they belong. I'm sure they're enjoying some Mai Ties and Cabo right about now. But um No. I mean they they uh I mean, it was a pretty good matchup, pretty good game. Um, I'm happy that uh, Los Angeles was able to win when it counted. Never forget the six straight, though. Never forget that. Um, San Francisco taking a 17-7 to lead at one point. Um, I thought it, I thought it was over. I thought San Francisco was gonna run this ball out. Um, until until Cooper Cup did Cooper Cup things, and uh, you know Odell Beckham and defense stepped up. Um, Cooper Cup eleven for one forty two and two touchdowns. Odell nine for one thirteen. Tyler Higby went down early. That was no problem. Kendall Blanton, the backup tight end, the only tight end left on the roster, had five receptions, five targets. And San Francisco did not score a single darn point in the fourth quarter. Rams scored 13. I thought they rallied, got the monkey off their back. Um. we're able to seal the win with a Jimmy G interception and um, get back to the Super Bowl. Did you guys find it weird how Kyle Shanahan's always blowing these leads? Huh? It's blue definitely a trend a, at this point. Blue yeah. one in the Super Bowl. No, blue two. one in two Super two Bowls. Three. Excuse two me, one. I was getting there. I was, I was. Don't worry, guys. I was getting around to it. <laughs> Uh, and then blew a ten point lead less this past Sunday. Quite the trend. Quite the trend. Um, Sean McVay is now two and twenty three in uh, when he's down in the second half by double digits. You know when the other win came. It was,
0: a, it was
1: Yeah, a dad, 20, I, saw, I like, sent you that, didn't no, I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. On Twitter is the twenty eighteen NFC title game. Yeah. So, whatever, man. It's cool with it. Um. Two Super Bowls in five years. Hopefully, this time. Hopefully, this time the Rams can can pull one out. Um. Good win. It's a hard fought win you guys know the stadium? It was like 70% 49er fans. I heard it was more 50-50 or 60 yeah, I, heard
2: 40. Was, I heard it was 65, like
1: 35. 65-35? Oh, I heard yeah, it wasn't as bad as the League 18 fans.
2: Like. Because LA, oh, really L.A. teams just don't care about their sports I know. teams. And besides your name being the Lakers, like they don't care about the Chargers, don't care about the Rams, don't care about the Dodgers, really. I mean, Los Angeles Anaheim, just forget about them, like it's it's bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it stinks. But that's okay. I guess I guess SoFi, and SoFi Stadium is just a venue for two teams to play in. Home field advantage doesn't really matter at this point. I'm all right with it, I guess. But um yeah, I'm happy. Happy to get the win especially against a division rival. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats, probably the first time I've looked actually looked the st- the, uh,
0: the stat line Matt Stafford had more completions than Jimmy Garoppolo had attempts.
1: Yes. <laughs> they kept so, running it. They're passing it, excuse me. Yeah, and,
0: I mean, so, I guess a lot more play calls go on the, uh, on the Rams side of the field because Anifert only had 20 rushes, seven by Debo, of course.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, and also, like, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Jimmy – you know he's one of those guys like in san francisco it's like he's the one quarterback where the coach is not going to give the game to him like jimmy Garoppolo is just like don't don't turn over the football and you're fine and we come out later on in the game turns you know turns the football over loses the game for them like jimmy jimmy's done in san francisco like he just is
0: yeah um Hey Don, do you do you, do you know how many interceptions that Traven Howard had in the regular season this year? Zero. He had one according to ESPN. I'm trying to figure out which game that is. Look at the box scores.
1: One. Trayvon Howard uh, had one. It was in SoFi. It was a few weeks ago. He had um, one in the end zone. I'm looking at it. It says it was against Minnesota. Minnesota. He
0: had one yard, one interception, 19 yards.
1: Yes. It was off the tip. It was off the tip. They tipped it oh, in you, the end you zone. You remember and more than I it would, off. Obviously. Yes, 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 yes. I remember that now. Thank you so much. Yeah. No. Traven came in because Ernest Jones was he just come off he came, you know he came off the IR a couple weeks ago and or maybe even last week he wasn't playing very much and Troy Reader had an awful day. God, don't get me started on his performance.
0: Weddle had a great game though. Uh, who? Weddle. He led you in sack in tackles. I mean.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Weddle well, did have a good game. He's come through especially uh in the playoffs. But um yeah, Traven, he's he stepped up big time for for the linebackers.
0: Um how have you, didn't you not mention this possibly the biggest play of the game? The dropped interception by Tart on oh, uh, oh San Francisco. God.
1: I was waiting for you guys to bring that up. No, honestly Spence, I was waiting for one of you guys to bring that up. Um I mean, we can talk about what ifs all you want. I will say, Tart should have came down with that, and as soon as he dropped that, I started laughing because I knew that the Rams had a solid chance, a real chance that they were probably gonna pull what it pulled out.
2: I mean, in in that play too. I mean, Tart had the ball right in his hands. Uh-huh. It was not just like oh, it was a tip. He Matthew seriously threw the ball to Tart to him.
1: He should have caught it
2: seriously, and. We can say like all the funny jokes that we want to. Um, but Tart understood, you know, in his press conference and after the, uh, and on Twitter that it's on him. Yeah. And that could have been the game, game ceiling moment. It was like, it was in the fourth quarter, like nine minutes left. Yeah. Um, so it could have, you know, really hurt LA because LA scored a field goal in the mm-hmm. later on in that drive. And, it's absolute a shame for any player uh, on any team. Like, if he just had that one play, that one catch, the one interception, the one throw, uh, the one block, it could have been a different story. Uh, and for San Francisco, it, it, like, to me, I think it would be better if he did lose, like, if San Fran did lose, because I think Cincinnati would have won that game uh, if it was. Bengals 49ers, honestly. But, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you kind of move on from it and you do better. Uh, And I've known people that miss a catch, you know, miss a play, and they work on that kind of skill the entire offseason or like they really hammer it in. So Tart's going to definitely warm up with the running backs, receivers on catching. So that play may never happen again. So. He
0: has four interceptions for his career, so I'll come a little bit of slack, but that ball was like right to him, unfortunately. Like like I said, we talked earlier about the Cincinnati game. There's a play Mahomes nearly intercepted, and he tried to go for the home run ball next play to try to catch him off guard and uh, you know, kind of expose him for maybe Eli Apple could be in the same conversation as Tart if the next play was an interception of uh, man, if Eli Apple had intercepted that ball right there since could have made the Super Bowl. Obviously we don't know because like like we've mentioned before, L.A. Had, had to go down and score. If Tart had interception, yes, Sanford could kill the time. They would probably need to get a field goal or a touchdown in order to push the lead up. So we don't know what would have happened. You That's why hypotheticals, mm-hmm. you had to put that um, thing in there. It's like we don't know for sure. You can't say Sanford 100% wins if he's intercepted. Although the chances, we definitely can argue, it's a lot higher if you get the interception because you have the ball L.A. that drive stalls. Um, again, who knows? We spent a lot more time on hypotheticals. But Dolan, congrats on the Rams yeah. making it.
1: Um, yeah. Obviously,
0: yeah. you, John, you guys win because uh-huh. I can tell you celebrating a Super Bowl wins a lot. Um. Anyway, Christian, anything else do you want to add to um the NFC Tall game?
2: I mean. I mean, L.A., Matthew Stafford has finally earned the respect, I think, of most NFL fans. Uh, I, since watching him in Detroit, I know he is a tremendous quarterback. He just needs to get off Detroit, and it can really show how good he is. And, yes, he's had up and down games uh, this season. Tennessee being one of them, it was just god-awful, uh, you know, kind of earlier in the season. But for L.A., like, they need to win this game big. Because they traded multiple first-round picks over the last several years to get Jalen Ramsey and to get Matthew Stafford. They traded seconds to get Von Miller, uh, signing Odell. They have a really, really highlight L.A. kind of team that they need to win. Aaron Donald uh, to really push in his legacy even more. Um, With Cooper Cup. I mean, he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year, And in my eyes, I think he's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. But, you know, and you can probably say in front of Devontae Adams, you know, in front of every other receiver, just how good he is. Cooper, you know, for all everybody in L.A. absolutely deserves this win. Um, They just need to finish off the season and we'll predict that as we go. But, you know, L.A. got a Super Bowl at home. Uh, And I heard they are actually going to be in the away locker rooms. Uh, So they're not even going to be in their locker rooms for this game. Well, okay, I had to – their road
0: team have separate locker rooms, so the Rams will still be in their locker rooms. And I guess the Bengals take the Chargers locker rooms. But, yeah, because it alternates uh, who hosts. Like, last year was in Tampa. NFC hosted. Like, yes, it's L.A. Rams, but also the Chargers have it. So the AFC – is the home team designation for this game and the next year when it's in Glendale, Cardinals will be the NFC home team designation. So it's just a designation on
2: the scoreboard, really. Ah, uh, well, I was just gonna say, like, it's gonna really suck if the home, like, the home team just gets not in their lockers. Yeah, that yeah. would be that would suck. I know. Absolutely yeah, really suck for just like them. Like not like it's not like a big deal for like you know the team, but like the guys of, like. Come on, we're home and we're in the Chargers locker room. Like, come on. Like, I'm seeing Keenan Allen's locker room and I'm in, you know, I'm a, a you know, my locker is across the hall. So, I'd be like something that.
0: to go inside like that, Staples, uh, MetLife, those stadiums where it's the same sport and they share an arena, like the locker room. That'd just be a cool, like, behind the scenes kind of thing in general,
2: really. It would be really cool. But, I mean, uh, overall, back to, you know, back to discussion, uh, it's great for LA. I'm going to enjoy the Super Bowl. I wish, you know, one of our buddies here on this podcast uh, didn't have to teach and or we would have a, you know, real fun night. But um, overall, (laughs) it's going to be a great Super Bowl between Cincinnati and the L.A. Rams.
0: All right. Next on to the Pro Bowl. No, we're not discussing that. No one cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. If you're gambling on this game, you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, if you're going to the game, well, you know, have a good time, obviously. But, uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with some NFL news and notes. And we're back from the ad break. We had a, a very eventful week in the NFL, uh, lead story. Obviously we're going to discuss this. And I just want to take a moment here. Um, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, Tom Brady has announced his retirement from the NFL spent 22 years in the NFL, 20 years in New England and you know to sum it up in three words, simply the best. I think Tia Turner put it perfectly there um, in that hit song. That, like you knew when Tom Brady stepped on the field not the first time. obviously no one knew what he was when he came out of Michigan. but as his career went on, you just knew if Tom Brady was on your team, if he was on the other side of the field, anything nothing was impossible with him. He could come back from any deficit. We saw that several times in his career, the comeback kid. Um, a lot of games coming to mind. There was a 24-0 game against Denver in the regular season one year. Tied it, went to overtime. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl 23 deficit came back. Even the Rams game a few weeks ago, down 27-3, ties it up. Doesn't see the ball again, but he did all he could, essentially. Uh, he's my favorite quarterback to ever play. Favorite football player I've ever seen. Yes, I'm biased going I'm a Patriots fan. I fell in love with the team because of him. I started watching football, 2007 during the perfect regular season. I didn't know anything. I just saw they were on TV. and They were good. I picked them. Um, haven't looked back since. I uh, just enjoyed every single moment. Super Bowl 49, one of the happiest days of my life because it was the first time I got to see uh, my team winning a championship at the NFL level. Uh, Malcolm Butler's performance. Just the, the entire, entire postseason run from Brady, like start to finish, because they were down 14 twice. Nothing was impossible. Brady kept them in the game. Um, obviously, I can't talk Brady without the heartbreaks. The Eagles Super Bowl was devastating. The second Giants one, I remember much more than the first Giants one. Uh, sucked to say the least. I didn't want to go to school, but I did anyway. Um. Don't I want to mention this briefly just because it's Tom Brady's legacy, but the Rams, Super Bowl 53, Brady didn't have a great game that day, but the second half, they opened the offense up, him and Gronk. Um, last time they played, against a Patriots duo. Um, sent that. That was just a special drive there and hand off to Sonny Michelle because Brady wasn't afraid. And, you know, running back's not a good game. Let's show them some love, get the running backs involved. Ultimate team player. Um, Again, yeah, like I guess favorite player I've ever seen. Grace Football Phil. When he left New England, it was, I almost cried. Like, I was that devastated because Sky, I knew I was hoping to play one team his entire career. Uh, unfortunately, I went to Tampa. I wanted to hate the guy. I, I just couldn't because, you know, I got to see three championships with him as the quarterback. Um, obviously, obviously he won six. I wasn't, I don't remember. I was very young the first three. Uh, to go to Tampa, when in your first year there, when. You also have the offseason. COVID hits. You're not around the team much. Uh, not even a full stadium. Um, right, yeah. Seven time Super Bowl champion. Five time MVP in the Super Bowl. Three time league MVP. Two time Offensive Player of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year because he tore his ACL once. That was like the only time you missed games for an injury was that ACL season. And then the BS four games has been the Deflate Gate that he got. Uh, yeah, there's he holds all, numerous records not just from you know the super bowl uh because he's been, been there 10 times but also you know career passing yards attempts completions touchdowns we're ne- i mean the records will probably fall because of a 17-game season now going forward the passing records and whatnot I-, I feel very confident to say we will probably never see a guy win seven super bowls or more we may not even see a guy win five because he was the third guy to win four as a quarterback uh terry bradshaw joe montana Obviously, Charles Haley had five as a player. Um, he was deep as a guy. We're probably never going to see if they like this. It would like he should be inducted into at least New England's Hall of Fame next year. Screw the waiting period there. Can NFL Hall of Fame Gretzky made an exception for hockey football? Maybe they probably won't do that. If they did, no one would be ashamed. No one would say this is a bad move to you know, uh, um. Lift the waiting period for Tom Brady. Someone that great. Uh, again, you know my opinion on the greatest of all time. I hate that that terminology, but I'll make an exception here. Tom Brady is the goat for the NFL. We'll never see anything like that ever again, in my opinion. Let's go Dalton next. Uh, favorite Tom Brady memories? And, uh, anything you want? Well, anything you want to say? It's the four years about Tom Brady's NFL career.
1: Um. Where do I start as a I'll start I'll start as a Rams fan first Um, Tom Brady came in with a huge chip on his shoulder and stopped stopped my Rams from winning two Super Bowls in three years. Um, him and Belichick were meant for each other. They go on this 20 year run of excellence. They won six together. He was an absolute pain in my butt. Um, being being, being like an NFC guy and always have to worry about the Patriots coming out of the AFC. And then 2018, he beats my team again to win the Super Bowl. And because of Tom, my team's only got one Super Bowl win instead of what could be three. Unfortunate. But Tom's the ultimate competitor. And now that I've actually seen Tom in a different light, he was in Tampa Bay for two years, uh, I came around just a little bit. Um, I admire the guy off the field. How He's a family guy and has his priorities straight. But he dedicated his life to football, and um sometimes what you gotta do is when it's time to hang it up, hang him up, you just you just hang him up. He can't play it forever. his uh, His highlights and awards speak for themselves. He's done all that he could do, and much, much more. But he's got a family to take care of, uh, family to uh, be around and you know, go to kids' ball games and Christmases and all this other stuff, good stuff that's that he can now be there for more so than maybe before when he was busy playing, playing football for the New England Patriots or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but I commend Tom Brady for his long run. Uh, I might have hated him on the field and the fact that he, he was never out of a ball game, ever. Never out of a ball game. And, uh... But he had a long run. And... Kudos. He is the best. He's the best in my book. And... um I will. I will always remember Tom Brady.
0: All right, Christian, the floor is yours. Tom Brady. Um, just your thoughts on the retirement, his NFL
2: career, et cetera. I mean, Tom Brady is probably one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Not just quarterback, not just, uh, really a guy from one team. He he's one of the greatest football players ever, and you can't really define him other than greatness um you can have your opinions on the flight gate and uh in the tuck rule and all the stuff and the controversies around his uh career but tom brady won seven super bowls in about a 22 year period um a lot of people don't have the average career of 11 Heck, they don't even have an average of five. The average year or amount of years that a football player is in is about two in the NFL, which is shocking um, because it, it, it's not really at the same time because it's a revolving door. You have about 250 players drafted uh, on a sports team every single year. So it's a constant revolving door, and your time to be great is slim. Uh, and if you do have a long career, you must be pretty dang good. Tom Brady, in my eyes, you always hated to play against him, and I hated watching him, not because he was bad and he's tough to watch. Because he's that good, you want to see somebody else on top. It's, he is the LeBron James of the NFL, where everybody, quote-unquote, hates to watch him and hates to see him win. He's one of the guys you want to see lose. And I'm one of those guys, I'm not going to lie. But at the end of the day, this is the greatest quarterback I'm ever going to see in my life. And not based on talent. We've all, we have all seen the 40-yard dash. We have all seen... The definition, I guess, of his body uh, when he was coming out of Michigan in the combine. This is not the greatest athlete in the world in terms of raw speed, power, throwing ability. Because I mean, like, come on, the Tom in his prime compared to like Aaron Rodgers in his prime, arm wise, no, it's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'm like, since I think you would agree like as a quarterback talent of just arm ability, running ability, like Lamar, Mahomes, Aaron, all these guys, Josh Allen, talent-wise, it goes to the other guy, not Tom Brady. Everything else in terms of mental prepared, and preparedness and just overall leadership ability, it's Tom Brady 100%. And you can, like Dolan said, you can never kind of, count him out in a football game, if there's time remaining to like get a comeback going, Tom Brady's going to get it, right? Like 28-3. We obviously all know that from Atlanta uh, in the Super Bowl in 2016. Um, You know, we've seen when they were down, I think it was 24-3 or something, uh, or 27-3 uh, against L.A., Tom still fights and has grittiness to him, and he's one of the greatest players to ever do it. I mean, he holds records, and I have them here. I mean, he has the overall records for wins as a starting quarterback, Super Bowl wins, playoff wins, starts, uh, passing, um, you know, yards, touchdowns, and attempts, completions, 20 pass touchdown seasons, games with a touchdown, games with two-plus touchdowns, he he's a t- he's a great overall player and everybody loves him. I mean, in his final season at age 44, he led the NFL in passing yards with 5,300 yards, passing touchdowns with 43, passing attempts with 719, and yards per game 312.7. At 44 years old, you can't you can't give these stats to anybody else when they're in their 40s. Heck, a lot of you guys are in their 30s. Big Ben is close to being 40. He can't do this. Phillip Rivers at the end of his career, he can't do this. Drew Brees, he could do the attempts and touchdowns because he got Michael frickin' Thomas. But, I mean, some years – I mean, yeah, he's got Chris Godwin and he's got Mike Evans and he's got Gronk. But when does he usually have a top five wide receiver on that team? Usually none, right? So players love him. Coaches love him. The media obviously loves him. Of course, the opposing player hates him because they know he's going to be a real big pain in the butt because we can be up a million and nothing. We're probably going to lose a million and one to a million because Tom Brady is just that competitive. He's one of the greatest players to ever play. Uh, and I forget where the stat was, but Tom Brady played, you know, he of course, six quarterbacks were taken in front of him, one uh, you know, was from the University of Louisville, where we are from. Um, and Tom Brady outlasted all of them. You had to double, I forget the first overall pick uh, who went to, I believe it was Cleveland or Philly, but, you know, he safe for 11 years, Tom safe for 22. And a six-round pick out of Michigan is one of the greatest players to ever play the game of football. It, it's a story. It's, it's, it's going to be in the movie theaters, I think, soon where everybody doubts him, everybody hates him and all this stuff, and he comes out as one of the greatest players of all time. So, you know, um, I mean, I got nothing much to say, just RIP Goat's career because we're never going to see a career like this or probably in our lifetime.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing about Brady is he never fell off the proverbial cliff that everyone thought was going to happen that normally happens to guys. We saw with Peyton, obviously – we saw with um, Big Ben towards the end, Drew Brees even, that cliff that they just take a steep dive. We never saw it. Like you said, Christian, his last year. Now, the extra game helped for sure. He had his most passing yards in his entire career at this point. Uh, with first, The only time he ever went over 5,000 yards in a season was this year. Uh, like 43 touchdown passes, led the league in that. He is probably going to finish second MVP. And it's not inconceivable to say that he never had another great season. Like, we know, guys, um, you know, Calvin Johnson retired early in his career. Um, Terrell Davis even, that's a, a little bit back when he had injuries, issues. Um, Andrew Luck even, retiring early. With it. Andrew Luck was just beat up. But Calvin Johnson had a lot left in the tank. Barry Sanders probably a lot left in the tank. Brady, you could argue, he had – a bit left in the tank. He could have kept going if he wanted to. Um, so, yeah, he if you want to get technical, he probably – he beat Father Time. Like, he didn't fall off. He just – as someone put it, uh, Matt Chatham, NBC Sports Boston, he just basically took a knee because he was that far ahead of everyone. Um, he's like, I'll retire i suck. And even then, he, could, he lied about that. Um, a lot uh, – one of the greatest ever played. My favorite player. In NFL history, no one's going to top it. Number 12 is going to be retired in New England sooner rather than later. Um, we got more left in the show, so I hope you st- um, stuck with us through the Tom Brady love fest, at least from my end. Um, other news in the NFL, Kevin Colbert, the Pittsburgh Steelers vice president and GM, has announced that he is going to step down after this year's draft. I, I don't really know what benefit. Down after the draft. I guess he wants to, See the draft one last time, kind of like the Ravens had with uh, Ozzie um, a few years ago. They let him seek through to the end of the draft, and then they he you know stepped aside after that. All right, he's been in Pittsburgh in some capacity since 2000. Director of football operations, Ken the general manager in 2010. He's been with the team, helped put together two Super Bowl champions um, that we mentioned last year when we talked about big bids. Super Bowl 40, they beat Seattle. Super Bowl 43. They beat the Cardinals, and they made a couple of years later, lost to the Packers. Uh, Colbert's only 65 years old, but I guess, you know, whether – he want, I guess he sees more like Brady will spend time with his family as he gets up there in age. He's obviously a lot older than Brady. It'd be really fascinating to see who Pittsburgh hires to succeed him. Um, that is – according to my, my collection, that'll be the only GM job open because the Raiders filled it. We'll talk about the Raiders-GM situation later on in the episode. Um, there's definitely some qualified candidates out there that have been getting looks from other teams, and I guess they've just been looking, and they think that, if I had to guess, I think Pittsburgh probably is going to promote in-house. That seems like an organization that, you know, they'd rather promote from within than get an outside candidate. You know, who knows what the Rooney's are going to do. Um, just thought, you know, congratulations, Colbert, and hopefully, you know, Pittsburgh gets one last good draft to sit him out. Dalton, your thoughts on Kevin Colbert stepping down after the draft this year?
1: There were some reports that he was, was going to go out with Ben.
0: Um, Boy, I guess he is now.
1: I guess he is. And, um, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. You might see the trajectory in which it's going. You might think that it's time for him to just stop. Maybe he's got other things in life that he's got to – Worry about, or that he wants to go ahead and try, or wants to do. Um, can't blame him for that. But looking at his, his track record for the time that he's been GM, uh, it's been it's been good. It's been good, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure how Pittsburgh fans feel about his drafting skills, but um, I feel like he's done. He's done a good enough job to keep them in a good place. And, uh, yeah, I I don't have anything else.
0: I mean, say what you will about Antonio Brown, baby. You found him in the sixth round. He was a great player for Pittsburgh for quite some time. Yes. Uh, Christian, your thoughts are on um, Kevin Colbert stepping aside after the draft
2: this year. I mean – when we look at Kevin Colbert and like who he's drafted just the last several years, I mean, Najee Harris, Devin Bush, Terrell Edmonds, uh, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Ryan Chazier, uh, Marcus Pouncey, Cameron Hayward, David Casastro, Lawrence Timmons, Heath Miller, Big Ben, obviously. Like Pittsburgh and Kevin Colbert have drafted very well in the first round. You, you get your, you know, sometimes not so good picks like Artie Burns, Jarvis Jones, who was a linebacker in Georgia, uh, Richard Mendenhall, who didn't really have a good career until he got to Arizona, but you, you get, you know, you get a lot of hits in Pittsburgh, and I think, um, I think for Kevin, he's like, okay, let's have one more good year of drafting. He's 65 years old. You know, he's probably got grandkids more than likely. So he wants to spend time with them. He wants to spend time with his wife and just kind of enjoy retirement. You know, we're not on this earth forever and we want to enjoy time with family and friends uh, once we get up to that age. So for him, uh, it's great. Uh, He's, you know, having one more kind of, you know, next couple months uh, of the draft process and help Pittsburgh still continue to be a very good team. Um, and, I mean, other than that, Pitt, Pitt's going to find a good guy. Uh, they, they're they very well run uh, from the business perspective to the general manager, to the coach, to the players. They're going to fix themselves up and be a very still, – still be a very good team. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's great for Kevin. Uh, you know, it's sad for Pitt because a legacy is – you know, going out of there in Pittsburgh. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone's got to retire soon. Obviously, you know that about Tom Brady. But at the end of the day, Colbert is wanting to spend his time with his family and enjoy the rest of his career outside of football – or career – life outside of football. And um, I'm just happy for him. So, one more run with Pittsburgh. And after uh, the beginning of May, which – is when the draft is going to be around. Uh, Kevin Colbert will no longer be the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, now on to something a little more heavy hitting. Uh, just a fair
0: warning this is not gonna be an easy conversation, and uh, we're three white guys, so it's probably not, we're probably the best people for th- this discussion. Uh, but this is definitely something that. When there's injustice, you can tell. And also, as of now, these are just allegations. Uh, we will find out more information as, we, as this goes forward. Nothing is uh, – we don't know which stuff is factual versus not at the moment. Um, but this basically the gist is Brian Flores right now is suing the NFL. Uh, Brian Flores is a black head coach or was um, – he was the head coach for the Miami Dolphins. He was formerly in New England. As the linebackers coach, um, I would say coached a great game plan against the, uh, against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Uh, and he's alleging that he basically he interviewed with the Giants last week. Brian Dable, um, got the job, who was a white. We'll talk more on Brian Dable a little bit later on. When we discuss the Giants hiring as that when we talk later on, we'll just focus on Brian Dable, not this outside factor. Uh, but Bill Belichick apparently. Accidentally texted because Flores and Dable both have been on Belichick staff. He's probably still friends with both of them. He texts Flores saying, Congrats on the Giants job. Uh Dable's like, Hey, I'm not interviewing until um a few weeks. Oh, yeah, I just saw the Jaguars hiring. Uh, we'll talk about that later on in the show as well. I don't mean I'm am aware of what's happening going on as we're recording this episode. Um sorry to get sidetracked there. But um He's like, I haven't interviewed yet. And he's like, well, best of luck. And then Flores catches on. like, did you mean Dable? And Bill Belichick basically like, yeah, I have to up here. I'm sorry. Uh, B-Flow, basically. <laughs> it was such an awkward situation. Uh, Flores also alleging that a few years ago he interviewed with the Broncos. Um, he was still just a linebackers coach at the time. Actually, no, that was the same year he was hired as um, Miami said coach, 2019. He's alleging that Elway and the crew came in to um, the meeting like hungover, didn't really give him time of day, a lot of other things um, of that nature. Also alleging that Miami paid him to lose, like uh, Stephen Ross wanted the team to lose games. Um, that season the team went five and eleven. They got Tua, who was at least the guy rumored publicly to be their guy. If they would have been number one, would they have taken Burrow? We'll never know. They might have – I mean, Burrow was kind of obviously the better quarterback at the time there. um, It's just a – because he's – that at that point, the relationship turned. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago when we discussed the floor of I know Christian, at least other of the three, is probably more vocal, but we all agreed. This makes no sense to fire a guy. He's had two winning seasons. Um, the first year was not really his fault. And when you're going to fire a guy in your statement that says – He went 24 and 25, kind of implying that he wasn't winning enough games to warrant keeping him. And then it comes out you were trying to pay him to lose games a few years ago, and he wouldn't do that. Like, Stephen Ross, if these allegations are true, he needs to sell his team. I'm sorry. We've seen – this isn't, like, the blatant racism that Donald Sterling had, but it's definitely alarming that you are this – He's 81, Steven Ross. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I guess there's a lot of owners that are getting up there in age and whatnot. Um, can't be trying to take your franchise and then get mad um, that he's not going to lose games. And then Hugh Jackson's come out and said that kind of something similar, which okay, we all knew when Florida fire, it was fishy. Hugh Jackson, it now makes a lot more sense why he got a third year despite going one in 31 through his career. And it, it's unfortunate situation all around. And hopefully we get, and floor still could possibly get the, uh, the saints job or the Texans job. Um, that is still to be determined, but this lawsuit, he's obviously looking big picture. Like something is seriously messed up with the NFL, the Rooney rule for better or worse. It just gets you a quote interview. And even then we've heard now numerous reports of people saying that they, they believe they did a sham interview. Just so that they met their quota. And again, if you're the best candidate for the job, regardless of white or black, you should get the job. I agree with that statement 100%. Um, but when you're getting fired for going 9-8, you have a 10-6 year two years ago back in 2020, and you can't get a job. And we also have been vocal. BNME, the OC for the Chiefs, hasn't got a job, Hasn't got, which for better or worse, he, also, he needs a job. He's very qualified. He's run. The Chiefs' offense the last few years, and again, it's not a secret. NFL has had some racial hiring practices for a while. Not everything is race based, obviously. We know that. It is just very alarming that it's come to this. And again, we'll find out what's true, what's not true. Uh, but obviously, the teams have really statements to say these are wrong. You know, kind of like you know, public speaking, uh, PR stunt, kind of like, oh, this isn't true. We'll find out what's true and what's not. And it's, it should be a wake-up call for some teams in the league, um, honestly, if they have been either implicitly or explicitly racial hiring practices. Uh, Christian, what are you next? Your thoughts on the Brian Flores lawsuit that is now ensuing.
2: Um, I'm going to tell you from a football perspective, I've been in football for most of my life. And... I'm disappointed that this has come up. Um, I'm not going to say that the members of the Giants, Broncos, and Dolphins organizations are racist. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that Ryan Flores is 100% true. Uh, I'm not going to say that the organizations I mentioned are 100% true. I don't know who's lied. I don't know who's telling the truth. Uh, We live in a world today that there's a lot of false allegations in the world. Um, Everybody, you know, wants to ruin other people's livelihoods and careers. We've seen this no matter sex, race, or gender. Um, We have seen people try to cancel one another because of reasons. You know, there's a whole bunch of that. Um, If these are correct, or at least some are correct, um the league should definitely look itself in the face and really try to find a way to fix this situation. Um, I was hearing from other uh media analysts saying that the owners slash GMs should actually make a report of exactly why they hired so and so over so and so. Um Brian Flores is a really good coach. I truly believe he was screwed out of Miami. And like you said, Spencer, the fact that the report came out that $100,000 was being offered to Brian to lose for the draft spot. And then the number one argument for why you let let Brian leave is because he has a losing record. To me, that's a slap in the face. I don't, I don't care who – I don't care if you were a white man or a black man. If you get fired because of that, you would absolutely sue the crap. I would sue the crap out of uh, Miami because basically you told me to lose and then you fire me because I can't – because I haven't won. It's very disrespectful to the game. It's disrespectful to the person, and it should be disrespectful to your organization. Um. I, I'm very just displeased with this. Uh, with Denver, you know, it, you – and, again, I do not believe all these are 100% true or false, but if you're any type of management and you have an interview for an open position, as well as them, you should be ready to discuss uh, possible hirings. You should look your best – because you know, even though you're interviewing them, they're also interviewing you to possibly take this job. Because um, they're not desperate. Obviously, these coaches would be very much needed in the NFL and college, and they'll absolutely go anywhere they can as long as they are getting paid. Uh, the Giants is iffy, obviously, with – they had their guy set – but yet they still want to have the interview to fulfill the Rooney rule, and I'll get to that in a minute. But it's very disrespectful in just a kind of coaching matter. I'm not going to say, again, that this is any race, racial content, even though it very much looks like it. But I'm not going to publicly say these people are racist because that's not – I mean, I'm a white man. Uh, that's not my uh, discussion to talk about. And then with the Rooney Rule, um, I've been a big proponent of it, um, even though I think it should be established. There needs—it's not enough. Uh, and obviously, there was uh, after 2020, uh, it was revised to have two minority coaches um, to be interviewed, and in, you know, instead of just the one. Dallas Cowboys obviously talked about that with Mike McCarthy being the head coach. And in that process, Marvin Lewis, who was the former coach of Cincinnati, he was interviewed for like 20 minutes and that was it. When McCarthy had like hours and home visits and crap like that, Marvin gets a 20 minute interview. If you, if you can't see how that is, that that's just odd. Um, and at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. Um, if it does come to be true in sense of if Brian's is hundred percent true, then these owners and also Denver doesn't have an owner and they're up for sale. Um, The owners definitely need to sell the team. They really need to have new fresh minds and faces uh, in these organizations to understand that they need some more diversity in the locker room and at the coaching helm. Um, and if these allegations are false, if Ryan just made all this stuff up on the fly, then to him, again, you're disrespecting, you're trying to ruin people's lives and careers off of, off, off of false narratives. Uh, and again, I'm not saying this is true or this is false, but it is a big shame, whichever way it comes to the point, Uh, I do want to trust Brian because I don't think – I think there should be a bunch of change in the NFL and make the league more diverse. Uh, And, you know, who's playing, who's coaching, who's the general manager, who's the owners, uh, and make sure everybody has a piece of the pie and no one is left out of any type of room. Um, I mean, obviously this is not going to be over. This is going to be a while before – the truth really does come out, uh, and possibly when the suit will be finished. But it, it's a whole big discussion. It's a whole big topic. Um, you know, I really, I just hope the truth just comes out. I don't care which way it goes. Whatever is 100% the truth, I want that to be out. Whoever it is, and I mean that it, it's just a it's just a rough kind of subject because obviously. Uh, This kind of subject has been mainly focused in the last several years. But um, hopefully after this, um, the world will see change and we get to see more uh, diverse diversity in not just the NFL, but possibly in other sports leagues. We'll have this kind of conversation to go off of.
0: Yeah, another thing is Dave Coley this year, another move that we all – for the most part, we're like, why was he fired? Because it didn't make much sense at the time because the Texans' roster was horrible and the record was not that good, but you didn't expect him to be that good. And then Coley was basically like a sacrificial lamb there in Houston. I mean, same thing Steve Wilks a few years ago with Arizona, although Arizona would probably are it worked out better. Like Josh Rosen wasn't working. Steve Wilks a lot didn't transpire properly there. Yeah. Um, with the Cardinals a few years ago, and who knows what, what the Texans do, but Coley was another move that just made no sense to fire the guy. again. not saying it was because of his race that he got fired, but they definitely – it has statistically shown they have a short release. Dolan, anything you want to add about either Flores' lawsuit, history of minority coaching the league, the floor is yours here, man.
1: Okay. Uh, you guys can hear me, right? Yeah all right um uh, I don't have a problem with the lawsuit um I think that Flores brings to light very valid points uh in terms of uh the amount of minority coaches that we have in the n f l um I think, I think there needs to be more minority coaches in the NFL. I vouched for Robert Sala before he was a coach. I vouched for Eric Bieniemy. Okay, like these are valuable coaches. D'Amico Rhines is going to get a head coaching job if he ever wants one. He deserves one. Um, the whole Miami <laughs> Dolphins situation with Steven Ross paying paying Brian Flores $100,000 to lose ball games, anyone with any competitive juice in them knows that that's just wrong. That's just wrong. And me and Christian coming from competitive, like who've played sports before knows that, if we were in Brian Flores' position, we wouldn't do that. I don't give two craps if you want to attack a Tagovailoa or a top five pick. I'm not losing ball games just because you want a player on purpose, mind you. I like throwing them. That's like throwing ball games. Why would you want to do that? And then your butt's going to get fired because you're not winning games eventually. Like that's just. That's a whole bunch of, that's a whole bunch of uh, stuff that I'm not going to say on air. Um, if the allegations are true, and that's actually what happened, uh, Stephen Ross has got to go. Um, uh, that's, that's just, that's just how it's got to be. Um with regards to the owners, there's got to be there's got to be something something changing there. Um, of course, you know. Uh, right now, you have to side with the coach. I think there's no other no other way to go about it. Um, the point that Christian brought up about Marvin Lewis getting twenty minutes when Mike McCarthy got like three hours. Uh, that's a little bit sickening, but um, mm-mm. Marvin Lewis did a terrific job in Cincinnati with what I thought was a limited quarterback in Andy Dalton. So, Brian Flores, a limited quarterback with two Tagovailoa, and not a great organization with the Dolphins. And they he went 10 and six, he went eight and one in his last nine games this season. What the hell are you firing the guy for? Because you didn't do what you wanted him to do? It's stupid. It's I mean, ridiculous. It's,
0: the Dolphins did decide also. I mean, maybe later on, they like, that relationship between Ross Greer and Flores had deteriorated to a degree. If it's because of a few years, this, I mean, people hold for a while, I guess.
1: I mean, it probably deteriorated because Flores wanted to win ball games like any normal person and those two did not want to win games.
2: Question here too. And probably Ross is kind of like, okay, this guy doesn't want to do exactly what I want to do, so we're not yeah. gonna do long term anyway.
1: That's why the Dolphins organization is not the best. Just not the best. Florida's considering Flores made, made it
2: competitive and I don't think they're gonna have a viable head coach replacement. That is going to make them a really good team. they did a lot with nothing,
1: yeah, a lot right. with nothing and the Flores gave Belichick fits like this that tells you all you need to know right there um if the greatest coach of all time has fits against your team, you're doing something right, I think
2: well, also Flores it was Flores, but <laughs>
1: um. Let's see what else was there um the Rooney rule i mean I'm, with that you know i don't really i don't really I don't really know like what I can say about it I think going off of what you all have said um. if you have to put in a rule for this, that might be the first red flag. I'm just saying, um, if you have to put in a rule for people to interview head coaches, uh, you might, again, because um, if people can't see that there's obviously more coaches out there that are minority based, that are obviously qualified, um, yeah we might need to look just a little bit uh and you know see if there's other candidates out there um and obviously there's got there's like a connection thing there's a connection problem people aren't really relating to other people, which that can be fixed um, it just takes. It takes time and you got to actually put the effort. It's like meeting anybody new. It's literally like meeting anybody new, you know, somebody you never met before. You take the time to get to know them, you know, their family, you know, that's part of having a job. Okay. I know it's on a smaller scale, but when I was interning at a place that I will not name, took the time to get to know my colleagues. That's just what you do at a workplace. Okay when I have my current job that I currently have, when you go in for the job interview, you take the time to get to know your colleagues and your bosses That's just what you do okay no matter what the color of your skin is okay any normal any any person gets that okay that's just what you're supposed to do and Christian probably knows this more than I do because it's football and there's a sports business specifically you know, but. I think it's just ridiculous that we've gotten to this point where somebody has to sacrifice their job, and uh, their job and their livelihood, um, to 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 change some things around there. Um, it's pretty it's pretty unfortunate, if you ask me. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I really hope it's not like just strictly a race thing. Because if it was, we'd have a whole other issue there. But um, yeah, no, I know it's like different sport and whatnot. But once upon a time, I did have a black, a black, a black head coach, and I thought he was probably the best, best basketball coach that I ever had. Um, he taught me a lot of things about the game uh that I know today. And because of him, I don't know. I don't know where I would I would I would be in terms of my uh talent and basketball knowledge. He was my A, 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 he was my he was my uh AAU coach and uh I'm forever grateful for him but in terms of the NFL I think there's gotta be there's gotta be something. Something changing, whether it's the owners, the rules, the NFL taking a look in the mirror and seeing what's actually going on. If their slogan's going to be inspired change, then you need to do some actions and not just say stuff because that's, you know, nowadays we have people just saying stuff and not really doing anything. You know you got to put stuff into action. Mike Tomlin is the only minority head coach in the NFL. Well,
0: no, that's not accurate. He's the only black head coach. Yeah, he's the only black. He has that's Salas what I meant. I mean, that that's, that's not. Weird, that's
1: you know what I meant, guys.
0: Guys, 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 guys.
1: You know what I meant.
0: God, we're being a semantical here.
1: You yeah. know what I meant. Okay, him and Robert Sala. That's two out of. 32. Well,
0: yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay. And also, a little bit of note, we've had now six head coaching hires. And again, not race-related, but all six have been white guys hired this offseason
1: with three yes. openings remaining. Okay, and I will continue. I will continue to vouch for Eric Manami, D'Amico Ryans. Okay, I will continue to vouch for those guys because they should get head coaching jobs within the next and even in this cycle Hell, even Jim Caldwell he was Jim Caldwell
2: fired from Detroit years ago uh, i mean and, and Marvin Lewis up, yeah freaking. like going back to Jim Caldwell i mean Detroit fired Jim Caldwell saying that they are going cuz they want to go a different direction and get him over the hump they i they freaking hire Matt Patricia they win 9 games in like 3 years and now they're back worse than ever. So it's just. Here's
0: Jim Caldwell. I just pulled this up. His records. Indianapolis' his first year there, 14 2, lost in the Super Bowl game to the Saints. Second year, 10 6. Third year, ago, two 2 14 with Peyton Manning, got injured and missed the entire season. He's, he has one bad year with a, lot, with a very extraneous circumstance. And again, maybe some. There's more some behind the scenes that I'm overlooking because I don't remember the exact details. Um, again, two wins is definitely not um, good, and I guess maybe they, maybe they want someone for Andrew Luck. Uh, Detroit goes 11 and five NFC Wild Card loss, seven and nine, nine and seven lost to stay in the playoffs, nine and seven and fire. Like he, yeah. has, he's a winner. Except in college, hey, college day Wake, he was horrible.
1: Him man. and then. If we, if we, if we, for a second, want to go back to David Culley, for what this man had to deal with in Houston, and what the roster was compiled of, there's no way that they should have won five or six games. No way. And
0: Davis Mills should have been as good as he
2: was. No, no, not really, yeah, not at all. he was a. It shock took to It
1: took him. It took him almost three decades to get a head coach, to get a uh, head coaching job. That's ridiculous.
0: All anyway, right, on to something a little less controversial, depending on uh, how you view controversy. I guess on the controversy scale, it's not that bad. But the Washington football team is now rebranding as the Washington Commanders. Uh, not a very, at least publicly on NS. if you use like an unofficial like Twitter poll, a lot of people were not a big fan of the name. Me, and I mean this sincerely, I'm extremely indifferent to it. It's a team name. Again, we'll discuss it because it is sports news. Um, say what you want with the former uh, name before football team. Um, definitely, aside of the times, it was time for a change, I guess. Uh, Commanders, uh, kind of got leaked ahead of time, but it's it's, a, it's an okay name. I am i don't have an opinion strongly one way or another on it. We'll get used to it as time goes on. It's I think it's one of those things you overreacted initially to it because uh, you want it. Insert team name here. It's, again, they'll take the football field this year as the Commanders. And, you know, we'll see how they do as a football program on the um, football side of things. Because they were in the playoffs just two years ago. Christian, I'll go to you first. Your uh, thoughts, if you feel strongly with one way or another, on the Washington Commanders. Um,
2: it's... It's not the worst name in the world. Obviously, the previous name before the football team is a lot worse, but I mean this is probably next to it. Um, <laughs> if your nickname coming out is the Commies, um, that was almost the name thing. The Like, uh-huh. let me finish my discussion. Like, if your name is Commies, and of course we have um, a little world <laughs> politics with. Um, interesting nations and having communist backgrounds and not being the greatest. uh, I don't think it's a great name. Obviously um, like the red wolves was very popular, but every wolf uh, type logo and image was very similar to another like Minnesota, Arkansas state, uh, and more. Um, So that was out. I personally like the Washington warriors. But that may have been confusing. If you say, like, oh, did you watch the Warriors game? You may think, okay, Golden State or Washington, both sides of the country, which one are you talking about? Um, So that is, like, different. But, I mean, I got to get over it. But if I I had the ultimate choice of keeping it or not, I would 100% keep the football team, just me, because I don't think the Commanders is a great name. Um, the uniforms look better, which there was a poll done where, you mean, I mean, obviously the name change wasn't going to come back. What was the one thing like you would want to keep? And a lot of Washington fans said, we want the color scheme. We want red, yellow, black, however that is. And it looks better. Um, with the new uniform design looks better, but the commander's name overall, it's just not good. (laughs) It's just not good at all. (laughs)
0: Don, you have any uh, opinions, one way or another, on the nickname of the Commanders?
1: Uh, it's... <laughs> uh, I would... I To I, I, side with Christian, I think obviously I'm going to have to get over it, but um, I think having the W on the helmet is kind of weird. Like, you don't see any other teams having letters... On their helmets, I don't think. Um, I thought Green they were. Green
0: Bay literally has a G on their helmet. Yeah, we literally. God, have a God.
1: you know what? I just forgot Green the Bay existed. The
0: Rams literally oh, have so an like LA with a ram horn on it.
1: Oh, you know that's unfortunate. I'm just so. Are you listening, gosh? A... You want me to go on, Toby? Hey, no, <laughs> shut up, Spitzer. <laughs> shut up. Okay, I, I don't want to hear it.
2: Literally a bolt. <laughs>
1: I was not, I w- basically, I yes, did not want the them.
2: State and KC in it.
1: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's great. You know, I just forgot that half the league has that. Okay. Are you going to let me finish? Go or ahead, no? man. What? You're going to let me finish? You yep. sure? Because yep. I didn't interrupt when you guys were talking. 100%. Go on. I mean, are you sure about that, Christian? Yep. Go ahead. Because if there's anything you want to get out now, go nope. for it. Nope. nope. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna start talking now.
2: Well, anyway, uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good.
1: Okay, I thought they were gonna pick like generals or maybe like an animal or something like that, but instead they went with commanders. Um, uh, not a fan. Not a fan. But you know, I am not a Washington <laughs> football team. Excuse me, Washington Commanders fan. Uh so I really don't have to worry about it that much. Wow, thank you so much guys for reminding me that half the league has a letter or letters on their helmet. Maybe it's just the fact that I was so used to Washington to Washington football team being the name of their football team for the past couple of years that I just wanted them to get rid of the W on their helmet. Period. End of discussion. But you know, whatever. I'll have to deal with it. I guess.
0: All right. Uh, sorry for that tirade, dog. I just had to correct you for something.
1: You know, Spencer, I totally get it, and thank you for correcting me. Hey, I, if I ever you say know, something
0: egregiously wrong, feel free to correct me because that's definitely yeah. going to happen.
1: Usually, this is not something that I miss, but apparently, I missed it <laughs> completely. So.
0: All right. Switching gears to coaching hires, we have three coaching, oh, four coaching hires now. Three technically official, one soon-to-be official once the season ends. And a GM hire. We'll start first with the team that was formerly, uh, we discussed with controversy. uh, But just on the hiring alone of Brian Dable, um, and only Brian Dable taking the job, I think it's a good hire, personally. Um, Buffalo, if you watched that Buffalo KC game in the playoffs, you saw Buffalo's offense at its peak. Well, not really his peak, probably four, when they played New England and every single drive it into the touchdown except for the final one where they just kneeled it in the game. Um, it's no surprise he was getting a head coaching job sooner rather than later. Um, long-time Belichick assistant, too. Um, also spent one year at Alabama in 2017. Um, so yeah, He's definitely got a great offensive mind. He's 46 years old. Been around football um, coaching in some capacity since '97. So he's a native New Yorker. So he stays up in that area. Goes to over to New Jersey to take over the Giants. A franchise that has had three straight coaches fired after two seasons with the franchise, or less than two in the case of Ben McAdoo. Um, I think Dable, hey, in introductory press conference last week, they said, we are going to keep Daniel Jones. We believe in Daniel Jones. Maybe they're just putting it on front because they know they want to, you know, build some confidence in Daniel Jones, at least publicly. And I think Daniel Jones, you know, to a degree, has had nothing to work with. So I think, you know, Joe Shane also from Buffalo. So he had the familiarity between Joe Shane and um, Brian Dable. So this offense is gonna be huge. I'd say, you know, give him a couple years, because it's not gonna change overnight. But I think you know, retool that offense a bit. Um, and something, um, it's, it could be something fa- fantastic going forward, um, in New York. So I'll go Dalton next. Uh, another team with a logo whose letters is on the logo. The Thank New you. York Gi- I'm Thank sorry, you so Dalton. much. Uh, your no, thoughts on Brian Dable hire?
1: Yeah, no, I get it, Spence. I, I, ng or N Y, excuse me. No, I'm. I, I got it now. I think I'm envisioning the, both the letters on the helmet, so that's good. I'm getting now a visual. Um, I think the hire should be good as long as they don't fire them after one season. Uh, it's time for the Giants to come through, man. It's time for you know all the stuff that they've been having to deal with uh, for the past couple of days. We'll see if Brian Dable was the right hire for them. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be very evident um, yeah. rather quickly. Um, whether he's he's got the locker room or not. Um, you guys know my stance on the Giants roster. Um, how I feel about the Giants. I think they can... Uh, they can maybe do a good job, but obviously you got to get the coach right. And they've already, they went through, what was it, three coaches in the last six years or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. Um, you got to get it right eventually. And if you keep whiffing on coordinators, you should probably go for somebody who's been a head coach before. Just saying. So, no, but I like the hire. I think Brian Dable can work some wonders with Daniel Jones and do a good job offensively. Uh, they got some good pieces with uh, Kadarius Tony and uh, Saquon and uh, Kenny Galladay. So maybe they can they can uh, be a uh, relatively uh, middle of the pack, maybe maybe above average offense next season. Also,
0: before we get to Christian real quick, uh, about eight hours ago, news broke that the Giants are expected to hire Chiefs quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka as their OC. So you get Dable's office of mind, and you get Kafka, who was the QB's coach in Kansas City. So you got two bright offices of minds to work with either, you know, Daniel Jones this year or, you know, maybe draft for the future this year or the next year. And, you know, you got two brilliant office of minds, in my opinion. That could you know, help that offense out real quick?
1: Yeah, definitely. And you see the the Chiefs, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You know the quarterbacks coach there, just you know did a, a terrific job with Pat Mahomes. And um, you see you see the the, uh, the uh, great results that's happened there. So good hire.
0: Yeah, Christian,
2: your takeaway on Brian Dable getting the Giants head coaching job. Um. I mean, this was this was a really good hire. Obviously, Brian Dable has been in the realm of being a head coach uh, for the last several years. Um, I, I'm, I'm thanking, you know, the Lord that they actually picked a good coordinator, offensive-defensive coordinator, who's done good work in the past. Um, Buffalo was, I mean, seriously, a coin flip away from possibly winning the AFC uh, – the divisional game against the Chiefs and, who knows, against uh, the Bengals. The, like, Buffalo's offense has been truly amazing the last couple of years. Josh Allen has really stepped up and become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. in um, Kansas City, obviously, their quarterback coach going to the OC in New York. Um. It, it feels like New York is going to be on the rise. This is a division that has never had a back-to-back winner in almost two decades. And I feel like Dallas may be reverting back. Uh, Philly could do something. Like, this This is a very interesting division. Um, I don't think Washington's going to win it right away. I mean, they obviously could. We've seen what the Bengals have done. Um, but, you know, the quarterback question is obviously up there. Uh, Do they keep Daniel for one more year? Do they decide to look at other options? Matt Correll, um, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, who do they do there? Uh, New York will definitely be – the quarterback uh, class is obviously going to be front run uh, possibly in in Buffalo, New York's mind. And um, I I think New York could do very well. Um, Obviously, the Joe Judge hire, I'm like, dude's a special teams coordinator and he's not really popped Uh, when he was a coordinator in New England. It was like, oh, best special teams in the world. Joe Judge. Oh, my God. He's amazing. No one said that. Um, But Brian Dable, we obviously seen what Buffalo has had um, and how much success they've had in the last several years. So I think Brian's going to do a good job. Um, give him a couple years, see what he does. And if they can't get out of the basement or even third place, then you kind of look somewhere else. But as of right now, I like the hire and let's see how he does. Yeah. It's definitely a new regime over there in New York or East, Rutherford,
0: New Jersey, get technical with it. Now shifting over to paradise, Nevada, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, a splash hire, stealing two guys from my beloved New England Patriots. You know, you take a, uh, Dave Ziegler, who you know de facto GM, um, you know he was director of scouting and a lot of other capacities. They had uh, definitely instrumental, according to a lot of people, in last year's free agent splash that New England had. They also benefited from having a lot of cap space in a year where the cap went down and teams didn't have space. Director of player personnel—that was his title from last year. Raiders obviously, you know, they wanted him when they moved on from Mayock. Uh, With Ziggler, they asked him questions about Josh McDaniels and what could happen there. And that kind of, I mean, this was a like, pairing that happened together. The Giants, obviously, you know, they hired Shane first and then Dable gets hired. So that kind of happened to, uh, two things at once. Uh, But this was on the same day they announced Dave Ziggler's leaving, Josh McDaniels. So I'm going to lump this into one um segment here. McDaniels obviously spending a lot of time in New England in various capacities. Um, you know, spent time during the early parts of the dynasty. He, he him and Bill Belcher have been a part of all six championships in New England. Because when he left in know he left in 08 after you know the castle injury or the Brady injury, the castle started. He left to go to Denver. Uh very mixed. He was eight and eight. Started off really good in the 09 season. They started 6-0, but then they didn't finish so hot. And then he was fired mid-season in 2010. Um, Another very bad year by Denver. He goes to uh, the then St. Louis Rams for a season and then returns back to New England uh, as the OC and the QB's coach. He interviewed with Indianapolis, along with several other jobs. he He basically announced that he was taking the Colts job, all beneficial, uh, but because you can't technically sign and agree to, to um, be the head coach until after the season's over, he withdrew his consideration from the job and stayed with New England. And it, it felt then and there that he was going to be in New England until Belichick retired. He was the next um, head coach, the head coach awaiting. Um but Then I guess Belichick has no signs of slowing down. And McDaniels, he was always interested, but teams, of course, being cautious because of their past. They wouldn't be been the butt again. By interviewing McDaniel's and having him reneg at the last second, so, bet it worked out. He Mac Jones, um, so you will. He's a pro baller, which I don't put much talking into that personally. But teach their own. Mac Jones had a gr- great rookie year um, under the tutelage of McDaniel's, and now the Raiders are getting him with you get a quarterback of Derek Carr's caliber. You got Darren Waller on that tight end front, Hunter Renfro. Um, Who's the other really good receiver that Vegas has? I'm blanking on. Oh, uh, well, uh, they have been any rugs before. That whole they time. did have rugs. They, they Brian, got Edwards. Who? Yeah. Brian Edwards,
1: Brian yeah. Edwards,
0: Brian Edwards. Yeah, they got they got some talent there on um the Raiders roster. Even on defense, you know, Max Crosby up front, he was a uh, monster pass rusher. There's some t- Yannick Gakway too. I mean, this roster is not horrible. They were in the playoffs for a reason it um, remains to be seen, I guess, what happens to Basaccia. I think he's probably looking elsewhere. I mean, he's not – I think he's technically a free agent if you want to get technical with the coaches. Uh, but it's going to be a – I think that – okay, they were in the playoffs last year. It's a very tough division, but it's one that I think can work out. I, like, I trust Ziegler's um, judgment with – you know, he's been in New England for a while. He saw how New England dealt with it. And it's going to be a fascinating offseason to see – if they're gonna, I don't know what their cap situation is at the moment. If they're gonna be heavy spenders or whatnot, but it would not shock me to see McDaniel's make the playoffs in year one. He's also uh, 45 a year younger than Brian Dable, uh, believe it or not. McDaniel's is so this sport is a prime coaching range. So let's go Christian next. Your thoughts on the mcdaniels Ziggler pairing pairing in Las Vegas?
2: Um, man, this division is gonna be very interesting the next couple of years. Um. And I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, uh, every single coach is uh, an offensive coach, um, which is kind oh, of odd. You always see like one defensive coach here and there, but every you know every single coach is offense. Uh, Staley was offense, correct?
1: Staley's um, defense.
2: Uh, Staley's defense? Oh,
1: yeah, he's the defensive coordinator, 2020 for the oh. Rams.
2: Oh, uh, I thought he was offense. You know, excuse me. So anyway, I get it. offense, one defense. Um, I mean, and yeah, Josh McDaniels, uh, he was always one of those guys that's like, ah, he could be a head coach or he's probably not going to be anything because the whole Denver Tim Tebow fiasco. But, um, yeah, he's in the ML, uh, MLB. He's in the NFL right now, and, you know, he's now the head guy at Las Vegas. Um, like I said, they have a good roster. Uh, Derek Carr, I mean, he's, he's in his 30s, early 30s, but – I mean, he, he can only do so much, to be honest. Um, I mean, I really don't really know their needs. They have a solid offensive line. Their pass rush was amazing. Um, maybe kicker's two, great, too. Yeah, Kicker's amazing. Uh, we'll look at possibly secondary, maybe. But, I mean, Las Vegas has a good team right now. They're just a couple pieces away, and this is just going to be a tough division. Obviously, Mahomes and Herbert being there, it's going to be very tough. Uh, in those four games. And then obviously Denver, what are they going to do with uh, uh, Nathaniel being over there, uh, having ties with Aaron Rodgers? Could he possibly come to Denver? Could they, you know, pick somebody up in the draft? Could they trade for Russell Wilson, who's also been targeted for possibly leaving Seattle? Denver could be – Denver – AFC West could definitely be a very interesting division and very hard division to win. Uh, and if you win that division, in my eyes, you may actually be the favorite to win the Super Bowl, because those are six daggum wins that you'll definitely need. I'm not saying they'll go undefeated, but if you can win that division, it's gonna be a real tough one. Josh McDaniels got his work cut out for him. But um, I think he can handle enough. Um yeah, congrats to him, and you know, let's see what Las Vegas does. Uh, they're gonna, I think they're gonna have a solid off and if they do, then they're definitely in contention of winning the division. All right, Don, your takeaways
0: um, as former Rams opposite courtier Josh McDaniels gets the uh, Las Vegas Raiders job.
1: <laughs> I like how you slip that one in there, Spence. Um, Thank you. I I don't recall. I don't really want to recall any it, much from the St. Louis days. But anyway, um, no, I think it's I think it's I think it's a good move. Um, Josh Bedano's with all that experience that he's had in New England, um, you know, second stint. Sometimes that second stint really does it for you. Like sometimes that second stint works out well, better than the first one. Um, How funny he's going back to the AFC West. Um, I mean, they got the Raiders got good players on the offensive side, uh, which I think could work well, especially in McDaniel's first year. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back, big fan of Derek Carr. Um, their offensive line might need might need a little bit of help in their secondary, but other than that, the Raiders look like a contending squad. And you guys mentioned it earlier about how they made the playoffs this past this past year, this past season rather. And um, yeah, I think I think the Raiders are going to be pretty good here soon. Um, contending to maybe go deep into the playoffs and if, if they can make it.
0: All right. Uh, next up we'll go with, I'm going to go into terms of when they were announced. So we'll go with this one next. Kevin O'Connell. Okay. Not official yet until after the Super Bowl, but the writing's on the wall that Kevin O'Connell, they've agreed in principle to a deal with the Minnesota Vikings uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan football head coach, former San Francisco 49ers head coach, interviewed. Um, he's elected to stay at Michigan. Um, Raheem Moore's the finalist. There's another, uh, Patrick Graham the D.C. and New York, the Giants, was a finalist. Um, they elect Kevin O'Connell, the, the willing way out the next two weeks, as O'Connell can get uh, – again, O'Connell's going to be laser-focused on the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He he played for the Patriots for a season. He's from the Belichick coaching tree. Also was in Washington. uh, Those amazing Washington offenses, despite the team not having much success. He'll be laser focused. And then when the season ends, he'll focus on Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, and whatnot. But now he's getting his offense ready. Dalton, you obviously have watched this Rams offense for the past few years. Uh, What can you say about Kevin O'Connell and how do you think this hire is going to work out?
1: Uh, Kevin O'Connell this year. Um, of course, what he you know he's been with the Rams. Uh, it's been good, you know. I think this hire could work really well for the Vikings. Um, if it can, if they can, you know, the GM and KOC can get on the same page, uh, they could have something special. Um, the offense. Uh, he, he's got he's got players to work with, so um, look for look for KOC to to do some real damage. Um, they got Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Kirk Cousins is no slouch. Um, he had one of the best touchdown interception ratios this past season, so uh, this could this this could be this could be sort of a long term. I think. Uh, we've seen it in the past. McVeigh assistants, um, who who got head coaching jobs? Matt Lafleur, head coaching job currently still with the Packers. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, not in a big big big, not obviously a McVeigh assistant, but someone who literally, if you have a twenty minute chat with McVeigh, apparently that gets you a head coaching job. Um, Zach Taylor, how could I forget? You know. Um he was on the staff in 2018 when they made their first Super Bowl. Uh and uh, people just started coming through. So I think KOC's got a really good shot, really good shot at staying long term with the Minnesota Vikings.
0: All right. Christian, your
2: thoughts on O'Connell potentially being the Minnesota Vikings uh head coach? Um I mean, there is a really good chance in the NFC North that a a new head coach could actually win the division. I mean, I'm not going – like, I'm one of these fans that kind of sees realistically what could happen uh, for my Green Bay Packers. And if Aaron does leave, if Devontae leaves, if a lot of other players leave, I just do not see where, like, we're going to win. Like, Jordan Love, we'll see what happens. I've only seen one game. Wasn't a good game against the Chiefs, especially how up and down their defense has been. Um, but if Aaron is no longer there, either Minnesota or Chicago is going to win the division. And with Kevin in Minnesota, I mean, they're, they're kind of just a quarterback away. I mean, yes, their defense has not played up to par, but they have a solid offensive line. They got great receivers, have a tremendous running back in Dalvin Cook. Kirk is okay, and they're gonna get his last year out of him, uh, and see what happens. But I mean, they're seriously a quarterback away from possibly contending. I mean, dang gum, they won the NFC Championship with Case Keenum, but yeah, with Kirk Cousins, they can't do anything. Well, kind of, you know, kind of shows you what happens. Um, I mean, right now, it's just it's a great hire, and like Dalton said, if you're even if you're just in a room with McVay, you're probably going to have uh, head coaching job sooner or later so uh, you know we'll see how he does in Minnesota obviously he's got bigger things right now with the Rams and the Super Bowl against Cincinnati next week but for Minnesota this is huge um, and you know I kind of wanted to Jim Harbaugh I think that would be very interesting uh, to see him back in the NFL wearing purple and yellow instead of you know uh, red and yellow I mean, it was more gold but you, you get the uh, same difference yeah uh but for minnesota it's a good hire and we'll see what happens uh for next season but i mean kevin kevin's in probably one of the better spots right now than most uh teams that have a head coaching hire all right and then news that just broke about what about an hour ago or so
0: we're
1: uh, like reporting yeah
0: uh this is the second time that we've been in the move recording an episode and a coaching hire bro. If you remember last year, we were recording an episode and the Robert Sala coaching hire broke during the episode. Before I go deeper, one thing I've seen people bring up on Twitter is the Jaguars. Their GM is Trent Baalke. He was took over midseason. His, he was also formerly the San Francisco 49ers GM. His last three seasons... As a GM, like last three coaches that have coached under him have been one-and-done. You know, the Chip Kelly and Jim Tomsula days at, in San Francisco. Obviously, before that, he fired Jim Harbaugh. And then, this past year, Urban Meyer fired midseason. I don't think we'll see a one-and-done with this situation here. Who knows? But that is a really bad track record, and I can see why Jaguar fans hate Trampolke, honestly. But, we all knew was coaching hire was going to have a sooner or later. Kind of weird that he sat up for an entire year, given this guy's resume. But Doug Peterson, the former Eagles head coach, Super Bowl 52 champion, um, over the Patriots. I, I, I was, I, now I mention it, I feel like it would be a disservice if I didn't say that, at least. Uh, he, you know, His career was on some of a downfall after that 13-3 year, winning the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, Nick Foles. Uh, you know, 9-7, second division, You 9-7 next year, first in division. Then you go 4-11-1. Um, I started the firing, it was really weird because it wasn't immediately after. It was like a week after the season ended, and then Doug Pearson got fired. But, nonetheless, the Jaguars have decided to hire him. Obviously, you know, resume speaks for itself. Super Bowl champion. Uh, was he named coach of the year? No, but um, actually, yeah, Maxwell Club. In it. So, the Maxwell Club voted him coach of the year for 2017. So he had one of those at least. Yeah. What he did in uh, Philadelphia was amazing uh, living in their first championship. Okay, you got Doug, Doug Pierce and you have uh, Trevor Lawrence. Why did I blank on that for so long? No clue. You got Trevor Lawrence. You should be able to do be decent at least this year. Because we saw Jacksonville won games with Blake Bortles. See what you want by him. You won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Again, Foles, obviously, was a good quarterback, too. Um, Carson Wentz even looked good under Doug Peterson. I think Wentz is better than people gave him credit for, to be honest. It's going to be rough. His first year, I don't expect an overnight sensation like we did with the Bengals last year where they went from the worst record to first place in the division and in the Super Bowl. I don't expect that, but I think give Peterson some time. He can work with um, – he'll improve Trevor Lawrence. The roster needs – I'm not going to say a complete overhaul. needs to be better because Urban wasn't doing any justice last year. I think the staff also needs an overhaul because Urban's guys, just, frankly, weren't very good. So we'll see who he hires, if he hires the right guys, how this team can play. Um, I think it's a good hire, but it's going to take some time because that roster, kind of the New York Giants situation – It's bad. There's a reason you're picking that high, um, again. Because your team wasn't very good. Dalton, your thoughts on the Doug Peterson hire that just broke fairly recently ago?
1: Oh, it better work. Um, I can see the Jaguars giving this man more than one year. Uh, given with what they have currently, um, they better make they better make some splashes and free agency to you know, to elevate this roster. I could see him winning about five or six games. Maybe seven. Uh, 'cause Doug Peterson has you know, his first season with Philadelphia, they went seven and nine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh and then in twenty seven and then twenty eighteen they they bust out for Wentz's M V P season, but or would have been MVP season. Um, yeah, I, I think this this could be this could be a good move, the makings of, you know, the start of something new for for the Jags. Um, little bit alarming that Trent Bulky has had the track record that he's had that he's had. So maybe he he may not be the guy for GM. Um, I saw this stat that. They, 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 the the Jags are the fourth team to hire a former Super Bowl winning head coach after 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 having at least a share of the worst record in the NFL. The other three times were Parcells with the ninety seven Jets, and he went twenty nine and nine. Parcells again with the ninety three Patriots, going thirty two and thirty two and Hank Strom in 76 with the Saints going 7-21. and 21. So if we were basing this just off precedence, it's going to be a, a uphill climb for sure, a huge uphill climb. Uh, but good luck. That's all I have to say.
2: Uh, okay. Christian, your thoughts on the Doug Peterson hire? Um, it's a big hire, you know. Obviously, Jacksonville is kind of in the spotlight right now because of the number one overall pick last year in Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think their offensive line is a good offensive line to deal with. Um, I think their weapons are fine. Uh, DJ Chark and um, you know Marvin Jones. Uh, shall not, you know, um, you know Treadwell, who's like okay, he. He's definitely not the number one overall, number one overall. first round pick that he was in Minnesota, uh, he wasn't good at all during that time. Um, they got good offensive weapons, and it'll be very inter- interesting to see where that goes. Um, obviously, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, uh, big, big players for them in the offense. And the defense needs the definite overhaul. Their defense is just not good. Uh, Josh Allen is the best player they really got. Miles Jack has hit and and miss. Um, Shaquille Griffin has done well. But, I mean, Jacksonville just kind of needs an overhaul defensively. And it will be very interesting to see where they go. Uh, Do they go Aiden Hutchinson? Do they go Thibodeau? Uh, Do they go, you know, uh, Kyle Hamilton at safety? You know, it's going to be very interesting where Jacksonville goes. Yeah. I, I seriously cannot wait for the combine. That's like the end of this month. Uh, it's really going to be a very, very fun time for me. Because I'm like, okay, where, where could Jacksonville go? And like they're, you know, part A, part B, part C. They have the second overall pick. Um, so, obviously, it'll be very interesting to see where Detroit goes. And then we'll see where Jacksonville goes. Um or am I completely mistaken? Is Jacksonville number one overall? Pick? I think Jacksonville's one. Let me actually check. Because they're, and they have like. The they both league. are horrible. Uh, they both were very terrible. Jacksonville has the number one overall pick again. Okay. So Jacksonville obviously has first shot at everything. Uh, and it's on, you know, they don't have a pick till, you know, beginning of the second round. But um, Jacksonville obviously has, you know, there's a lot of very good talent out on this team like I mentioned Aiden Thibodeau uh, could they go Evan Neal for offensive line for more help even though I think this offensive line is fine uh, could they go Kyle could they go uh Ahmed Gardner or Derek Stingley could they go linebacker with the Kobe Dean uh there's there's a very defensive and offensive line heavy class um, you don't see a weapon until much later around, you know, top 15, you don't see a quarterback till like top 20. I'm just saying talent wise, uh, the needs obviously there, but talent wise, you got a lot of stuff that could really, you know, a lot of great players elsewhere that could be great. But of course they have the quarterback position, I think. And you give Trevor another year, uh, you know, another year or two, because obviously Urban Meyer, no one's going to put that all on Trevor, right? Like Trevor can't do everything, uh, for an organization, You know, Clemson had a lot of help. He had a really good coach in that Trying to give him an offensive mind to coach. I think Trevor's going to do just fine. Um, You know, really the goal, I think, is to just compete in the AFC South. Uh, Try not to be last. And, you know, obviously Tennessee and Colts are going to be very tough to deal with um, because they may have some interest at moving quarterbacks. But Trevor – And Doug Peterson, I think, are going to do fairly well uh, for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah. I'll be optimistic with coaching hires. I don't want to be because, okay, it's better to be optimistic, I guess, and, you know, be too harsh on a guy. And then, oh, you thought it wouldn't work out. I'd rather be like, oh, I thought it was going to work out. It just, you know, didn't work out in his favor. We'll see what happens. Um, Like I said, there's three head coaching hire uh, jobs open, Dolphins, Saints, Texans. We'll see where they go. Um should be fascinating Coaching cycle so, Is anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up the show tonight?
2: I mean Nothing much um, I know we'll get to it Later on down the line But uh, I definitely cannot wait For um, the combine Like I mentioned a million times um, And we'll definitely ha- I mean, Once we get the full participants uh, In there We'll definitely look at and once the season's over, talk about draft mm-hmm. and talk about where teams could go and how, you know. And this is like non-trade because there's going to be trades, obviously, uh, in the first round in the draft and many more rounds in the draft. But I can now wait to talk about combine, man. Can't wait. I mean, gotcha.
0: Senior senior Bowls this week. And if you guys want to watch the audience. Weekend,
2: Malik Willis has done a real good job. Uh, if, you know, you're from Louisville, QC Cole. Uh, Quinn Cole is doing a phenomenal job right now. He's a former uh, FCS to FBS player, and he's done very well at the Senior Bowl. So can't wait to see their stocks rise up uh, these next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, from what I've gathered the Senior Bowl, it's more of the week of practice and the actual game is what the GMs and scouts look at. It's a little bit of both probably, but I think the practice going up to it, more so than the actual game play. Um, Pro Bowl this week, hey. if you guys want to watch it, I'll be honest, probably not going to watch it myself. <laughs> Dahl, anything you want to add before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the NASCAR season's back this weekend. Clash of the Coliseum. It'll be interesting to see who wins. Uh, for me personally, I'm going to cheer on Kyle Busch. But, you know, I'll try to see if I can if I can watch that NASCAR's back.
0: Okay. Yeah, racing with Dahl. We'll bring it back season two, baby.
2: Oh, yeah. That'll be very interesting. Uh, I'll
0: probably have to watch a little bit more, especially because I'm producing a NASCAR show over the radio station I work for. Um uh, So, thanks for the reminder there, Dalton. No problem. Um, Anyway, thanks again for listening to another exciting episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm Spencer Brown.
1: I'm Dalton Bishop.
0: And I'm Christian Ernst. So, thanks again, guys, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.